Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 18th. Sorry, I said October before. I just got done with um, getting my uh, continuing education credits, part of them. I was in class for 20 hours in the last two days, and I mean that literally 20 hours in the last two days. So my brain's a little fried today. Uh, so we were talking uh, talking about this, the you know witchcraft, and and um, with what Aleister Crowley has always said, "Do what thou will will be the whole of the law." And basically, what he meant by that is, "Do what you will if it feels good, do it." which is what we initially started seeing in the 60s, and then what it will ultimately end up manifesting into in the seven-year tribulation. You know, do what that will be the whole of the law. That will be one of the main, main tenets of the one world religion of witchcraft. But, you know, if you just do what you want to do, don't you think you're, you're, you're uh, always going to impose on other people's rights to a certain extent? You know, if that's the most self-centered religion you could possibly have. But that's how they practice their religion. So by most conservative estimates, there are 200,000 women and men practicing Wicca in the United States alone. Now, I think this, since this article's been written, there's way more than that. Okay. The Institute for the Study of American Religion in Santa Barbara, California, claims that witchcraft and paganism are the fastest growing religions in the country. And that's, I've seen that confirmed as well. Now, some of them will say Islam and these types of things. Um, but it's, in a way, it's all witchcraft if you think about it. So, do Wiccans actually worship Satan? Although witches claim not to believe in the Christian concept of Satan. I saw this interview the other night on, on the 11 o'clock news and, and this local Fox 4 reporter. I can't, did you see that? I can't stand him. I mean, I pray the guy gets saved, but there's something about him that is so creepy. And he just reminds me of like the New World Order poster boy. You know, he'll be the first one to line up to get the mark of the beast. And bow down to the... Yeah, it's just the impression I get of this guy. I can't help it. And so many people on, on Nightly News, that's the case. And um, he was he sat down with this, with this candid interview of this local witch. And one of them was like... They blotted out their face and one of them they went... They, they owned some what local pagan bookstore or something... And they are so oh, yes, we don't that we don't even believe in Satan and these types of they're just such stinking liars. I'm sorry. But they are. I mean, th th right here, it says, do they worship Satan? Although witches claim not to believe in the concept of Satan, they do worship the European pagan horn god, Pan, which is where we get the word pandemonium. Pandemic. Global. I mean th this is basically, Pan was basically the god of lust and um, these types of things. Okay, He was the seducing one that would actually come in you know, to, to these witchcraft gatherings. And then it says, our horn god is neither evil nor the source of evil. What a lie from the pit of hell that is. You're either, you're either for God or you're against God. And Pan is about as far as you could get away from God, the Lord God, the Holy God of heaven, as you could possibly get. But see, what they do, what witches do, is they just give us their opinion. And expect people to believe, most people believe them. But they say the god of, the horn god, is neither evil nor the source of evil. Well, also when, um, you know, you see the, um, how Baphomet is predicted, which is one of the pagan deities, He's um, also known as the Goat of Mendez, and he's got horns, and that's many, many times how you see Satan predicted, or, or depicted. He is, 
And it says he is the energy of nature, uh, of plant and of animal life, which energy manifests for people in music, remember music, and in dance, intoxication and ecstasy, and all joyous activities, including lovemaking. End of quote. So this is what um, the, the witches claim they worship. It's, you can put whatever veneer you want to put on him. He is, if not the devil, a major, major devil deity. Okay? But, see, they like to stay away from that word Satan because it has all kind of negative connotations. But, see, they worship all these different gods and the host of heaven, and they say, oh, well, that doesn't really count. Even though it's all pronounced, I mean, in the Bible, all of that was essentially, if you did that, it was a death sentence. In the Old Testament, we've already talked about that in previous lectures. The death sentence. Then it says, what about bloodletting? Although Wiccans deny using animals and human sacrifices in their rituals, they do admit that they pour out libations. Some female witches use their own menstrual blood in spells. Other witches may prick themselves and offer, off, offer a drop or two of their own blood. What about the innocent blood that they're shedding when they abort a baby? Telling me they're not about bloodletting? The innocent blood is what cries out from the land. Do modern day Wiccans view abortion as child sacrifice? To be fair, we must say that in our research we've received literally hundreds of letters and electronic mail from Wiccans around the world. The vast majority of Wiccans and Pagans deny that they have anything to do with human or animal sacrifice. Well, that, that's, to me, I could care less. Because again, what they're doing is they're giving me their opinion. Their heart has totally deceived them. Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25 There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, this all seems right to a pagan, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Their own hearts have totally deceived them. Proverbs 28, 26, He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. A pagan would fit under every single one of those Bible verses I just mentioned. So, they say that they don't have anything to do with human or animal sacrifice. Well, If they're pro-abortion, they sure have a lot to do with human sacrifice. But see, they don't, they don't view it that way. They view it as, oh, it's just, you know... Um, if, if they're at a little bit higher level, they'll actually view it as a sacrifice to Moloch, Chemosh, Ar Artemis, Lilith, whatever deity they want to use. Um, maybe at lower levels of the Wiccan white witchcraft, they don't view it as a whole lot of anything. But most of these people are all pro-abortion. But they, they try to deny that they have anything to do with it. They also deny that Wicca has anything to do with the abortion industry. Now, we've already proven that's a total lie. Nor do they view abortion as a sacrifice of the unborn in their rituals. Who cares? what they? How Our opinions are pointless and meaningless. All that matters is what does God think of it. Because ultimately, that's what we're going to be judged upon. What does the Word of God say about it? The Word of God condemns it every time in the strongest of terms. Okay? And again, we've done a whole bunch of studies on this. So, all we've got here is opinion. False opinion that's easily disproven. Easily disproven. How is it disproven? By looking at their actions. Because actions speak louder than words. What are the, We've just discussed a whole bunch of actions here. 
magically putting spells on clinics, yoking themselves up with the abortion clinic in an outward, open way. They were just doing it a little more covertly before. You could go on and on. All, but all modern-day Wiccans freely admit that the modern religion is traced to ancient Celtic and northern Germanic people of the Nordics. And again, that's the Druids and the Celts and all that other wickedness that we discussed in our uh, Halloween presentation. So, the power of the witch, okay, in Power of the Witch, spokeswoman for the Witches League for Public Awareness, Laurie Cabot, extols the paganism extols the paganism the ancient Celtic world in which fornication, adultery, and homosexuality were, quote, normal. The mother goddess cult is presented as a joyous, playful, sensuous, peace-loving culture. You know, remember, make love not war during the 60s? This all has its roots in paganism. Every bit of it. The whole, you know, the whole peace sign, that's also called the crow's foot, which is essentially symbolic of an upside-down cross with, with the, uh, with the, uh, the, the lateral portions, portions of the cross broken downward. I believe Nero was the first one that did this with a broken, with a cross. And it, it, what it's to symbolize is that what Christ did was all in vain and void. It didn't count for anything. That's what a peace symbol means. Okay? It's, it's a wicked symbol. Wicked. But, and where did you see that first coming up? With the hippies? Free love thing during the 60s? Psychedelic drugs? You're telling me anything good could come out of that? How could something evil bring forth something good? How can a fountain yield both fresh and salt water? It's, you know, can't happen. So, this lady, uh, um, I guess in this book, Power of the Witch, she's a spokeswoman for the Witches League for Public Awareness. Lori Cabot, she, she says that, you know, she extols the paganism in the ancient Celtic world in which fornication, adultery, and homosexuality were normal. That's what we're getting to now, isn't it? Fornication, adultery, homosexuality. I mean, most people, I, I, I don't know if the population is about 50-50 now or something, where, where, you know, the women and men, half are single, they just live with one another. That's considered fornication in God's eyes. Adultery, see it all over the TV. Homosexuality, oh, gay rights, they got to have their rights. That's all normal. Well, isn't that the way it is now? Isn't that what it is politically correct? It's all normal. It's all good. We can't judge. God judges. God's going to judge us all. Cabot, this woman, describes the permutation of the mother goddess into an old crone and the horn god into a ravenous animal. Cabot description closely mirrors the transformation of ancient deities from the sensual sun gods and fertility goddesses into demons of ritual human sacrifice. Child sacrifice and abortion were practiced and were accepted as facts of everyday life, the necessary consummation of rampant sexual immorality. See, this is where Satan will always bring a cult in its end byproduct. He's not going to start them out here, typically. But as the demons infest a particular group of people, whether they're witches or a race of people, ultimately he'll bring them to a point where child sacrifice and abortion are practiced and accepted as facts of every day. In fact, these are actually done um, to appease the gods. Or, in the Old Testament, many times were done for a uh, promise of financial security. 
How could you live with yourself? If you, like, offered your innocent baby to Moloch in that, in, you know, and burned him in the fire, how could you live with yourself after that? I don't care how much money you had. I, I just... You talk about having your conscience sear with a hot iron. If you could go on and, and not have that bother you, boy, you were demon-possessed of the toenails. There is no hope for you, most likely. But notice, she says, she describes the permutation of the mother goddess into an old crone and the horn god into a ravenous animal. Her description closely mirrors the transformation of ancient deities from sensual sun gods and fertility goddesses into demons devils or fallen angels of ritual human sacrifice. See, the devil's always going to show his true face at one point in time. He's going to come as an angel of light, remember? And the Bible also says if he comes as an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness, which is the majority of what's in the pulpits across this country. Dare I say worldwide. In these pseudo-Christian movements. They're appearing as ministers of righteousness, but if they're ministers of righteousness, why aren't they giving you the full counsel of God? Why are they tickling your ears? Why are they telling you to do all these unbiblical things and saying that, that you know God's just a God of love and you know everything's going to get better and better? I'm not saying all, but I'm saying the most, the majority. They're, they're devils, they're wolves in sheep's clothing, they're hirelings, appearing as ministers of righteousness. But they're actually ministers of Satan. They're doing his bidding. And they may not even know it. Most of them probably don't. But when, you know, the ultimate byproduct of these supposed benevolent sun gods and fertility goddesses, their true colors are always going to come out. And they would be most made manifest during a human sacrifice ritual. So, you know, at different times in, in, in history, and when paganism was in a particular area of the world, child sacrifice and abortion were practiced and were accepted as facts of everyday necessary consummation and rampant sexual immorality. Although the vast majority deny that they will have anything to do with the practice of child sacrifice, Wiccans are hard-pressed to explain the emergence. But, but again, almost everyone involved in witchcraft are all pro-abortion. So they do participate. They do condone child sacrifice. So I could care less if they deny it. By very nature of the, of the religion that they're in, which aligns itself more than any other religion with aborticide, how could they deny that? They're still yoked up with them. I don't see, I don't see a whole lot of pro-life Wiccans outside of abortion clinics protesting the abortions going on inside. <laughs> Think about that. So they, that, that, that's a lie too. But doesn't the Bible, didn't Jesus say, you are of your father the devil, and of his works you will do? He was a liar from the beginning, and there was no good found in him? When you participate in these types of religions, you will become a liar. Liar. You will, you will, not, you will cease to have integrity. I've been around witches. I just had another recent experience with one of these. Their word means nothing. And I was telling this lady that was also seeing this experience, I said, listen, you have to understand, they don't look at things like we look at them. They don't do that. Their code of ethics is way different than your code of ethics might be as, as a Christian. It, it, it is. Do what thou wilt will be the whole of the law. Hey, if it feels good, do it. If it benefits me, I'm going to do it. If I have to lie to get where I need to go, I'm going to lie. 
They don't view it as a lie. They view it as, this is how I practice my religion. Their consciences have been seared with hot irons. Don't expect to get an honest answer out of them. They are of their father, the devil, and of his works they will do. Now, they can get... I'm not saying they can't get saved, but obviously there's going to be a pretty low percentage overall of which is getting saved. Because the longer you stay in something like this, the harder it is to get out of it. But I think the witches that do get saved are, are tremendous, typically, witnesses because they, they've seen both sides of the story. So, if we go further... Although the vast majority deny they have anything to do with the practice of child sacrifice, Wiccans are hard-pressed to explain the emergence of a small minority of witches, such as Gannett Paris, who write the sacrament of abortion. Now, all this is, is they all believe in this, essentially. It's just some are coming out now and being more vocal. They had to have this, this information underground for a long time. Now it's going to become more and more and more mainstream. But it has to start somewhere. Satan just doesn't come out with the major deceptions right off the bat and shove them down everyone's throat, he comes out subtly, and then he, then he adds in the, the heavier stuff later. In the sacrament of abortion in this book, we read, it is morally acceptable that a woman who gives life may also destroy life. The woman didn't give the life. That, how arrogant of a statement is that? Only the Lord Jesus Christ can give life. The devil can't give life. The Lord Jesus Christ permits that life to happen in a woman's body by the joining of the egg and the sperm. What, what, but you know what? They elevate themselves as goddesses and gods. That's how they think of themselves so much of the time. Isn't this the lie? Very, very first lie ever told in the Bible by Satan? What did he say to Eve to tempt her? Ye shall be as gods. That's how he tempted her. If you eat of the truth of the knowledge of good or evil, you'll have your eyes open and then you, should, you, you will be as gods. Wasn't that the first lie of the Bible that caused the first human sin? Well, witches are no different. They believe and they're taught, and they're taught this in the New Age, that we're going to ascend and be as gods, these types of things. So, they, she said, it's morally acceptable that a woman who gives life may destroy life. Then, then she says, it is, it is not immoral to choose abortion. It is simply another kind of morality. <laughs> oh, man. Then she says, it's simply another kind of morality, a pagan one. That's the kind of morality it is. Hey, everybody's got to be able to practice their religion in their ways. They can even kill people. And it's okay. They can't go out right yet and murder somebody put a bullet in their head. But it's okay to kill an innocent baby. That's their religion. That's the sacrament of abortion. At least this woman's being honest. She's being more honest than most pagans are. Most pagans would deny this. At least she's coming out and showing her true colors. For that, I will give her credit. I mean, I don't give her credit for anything else. But I like it when they do this because it makes my job a lot easier. Then she goes on to say in this book, one, Now, these are quotes from the book, Sacrament of Abortion. One can occasionally resort to abortion when it is necessary to sacrifice the fetus to a higher cause. A higher cause? The fetus? It's a baby. 
this don't get you fired up, I don't know what will. As, as one of the Baptist preachers said, if this doesn't get you fired up, then your wood's wet. I tell you what, this, I get flat out angry when I read this stuff. I, it's real easy not to get in the flesh. Or it's hard not to get in the flesh, real easy. Like I said, my brain's a little fried today. But, uh, you know, you talk about putting yourself in a position where you've elevated your, situ- your, your position to a position of a God. You, you, choose, you choose who lives and dies. It's my body. I can do whatever I want as a woman. So one can occasionally resort to an abortion when it's necessary to sacrifice the fetus to a higher cause. That's another way they always get around referring to it as a fetus. It's not really a baby. Satan knows it's a baby. He knows it. Guaranteed he knows it. Abortion as a sacrifice to Artemis. Abortion as a sacrifice for the gift. This is from the book. Abortion as a sacrifice to Artemis. Abortion as a sacrament for the gift of life to remain pure. How, how twisted and disgusting and warped and perverted. I really pray this, this Gwinnett, Gwinnett Paris has a real visitation from the Lord. That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider His doing. This is from the book, Sacrifice for Abortion. Spring Publications. These were all quotes written from that. So, is there any connection between the Wiccans and the Aware Woman Abortion Clinic in Melbourne, Florida? Well, obviously, we've already seen the connection. We found that the post office box of Aware Woman Abortion Clinic employee, Veronica Jordan, which is P.O. Box 060192, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, her post office box is the same mailing address for the Open Circle, the Wiccan newsletter, which recruited volunteers to work magic around the property of the abortion clinics and to provide escorts. Well, we've already we've already established the connection. This just confirms that connection even more. Same mailing address. Why then, if Wicca does not promote abortion as part of their religious belief, does the newsletter recruit abortion? quote, abortion clinic defenders, and rally the Wiccans for pro-abortion, pro-abortion demonstrations. You see these pro-abortion demonstrations, a lot of them are witches. But yet they say they don't practice child sacrifice as part of their religion. That's a lie. Total, all you're, all you're going to get from a witch is lies. At some level or another. I'm telling you. Lies. And what about the Wiccan bumper stickers appearing on cars of abortion clinic workers, such as, Goddess is alive and magic is afoot. Ah, oh, isn't that sound nice? And in Goddess we trust. You ever seen those? So, the, the bumper stickers. Goddess is alive and a magic afoot. In Goddess we trust. Another one you'll see on, on a car of a witch. Now, this isn't a car typically... A high-level witch is going to be a lot more low-key than this. If you see all kind of witchcraft bumper stickers on a person's car, typically they're not at a super, super high level into the real... Because those types of people are typically people in high government, doctors, people in, in high-level, affluent people, generational witches, 
they're going to be way more low-key than that. They're not going to drive around with bumper stickers all over the car. Now, I've seen this before. But there, another one you'll see on their cars where it'll say, Blessed Be. Just the word blessed and then the word B-E. That's how when a witch parts from another witch, they'll basically tell each other, Blessed Be. Instead of God bless you, they'll say blessed be. And that, that is one of the ways that witches will depart from one another. So if you ever see that on someone's car, know that they're a witch. Okay, That's just their way, subtle way of communicating to one another. Gays like to put the gay flags on their cars in order to communicate. They have all these little perverted signals they'll, they'll send to one another. And if another guy's a gay guy, and he knows these si signals, that way they know that they can get together and do all their abominations. Because gay, gay men are, are like worse than alley cats. They put alley cats to shame. Okay? Um, I, I just, I, I don't understand the whole concept of being gay. It doesn't compute in my head. But that's, uh, they do all these, these subtle little things. And gay flags are basically like the rainbow flag. And now they've got all kind of different ways. They put them on bumper stickers on cars and things like that. And, and that way they can communicate to one another a little more covertly. Uh, so there's no doubt there, that there's a self-conscious identification between the Wiccan religion and the so-called abortion rights. There's, you know, no doubt whatsoever. There, there's no... Now, let's just go over these statistics one, once again. We, we kind of read over these earlier uh, in this other study we did. But the overwhelming majority of all abortions, which is 95%, are, as, are done purely as a means of birth control. Only 1% are performed because of rape or incest, 1% because of, quote, fetal abnormalities, and 3% due to the mother's health problems. So a lot of people say, oh yeah, we've got to have abortion because this and that and this and that. Number one, God's big enough to take care of, of any particular situation. But 95% are, are, are admittedly done just purely for self-centered reasons, just because it's a means of birth control. Abortions worldwide per year number about 46 million. Okay, now we always hear about the number of over 40 million since Roe versus Wade in this country. But worldwide, there's more than that that goes on every year. And I think that it's good not to just look at this from an American standpoint. And not only that, I've got people listening to these, down, to these sermons from all over the world. And I don't want to leave them out. Of course, this isn't something you really want to be included in. But worldwide, 46 million abortions taking place. Um, number of abortions per day, that breaks down to 126,000 per day of innocent little babies being slaughtered. I tell you, I don't know how God can hear our prayers very well. All the innocent blood crying out from the land. And then you have the sodomy issues, and then you have all the drug issues, and then you have all the other... All I can say is God is really merciful and long-suffering. Really. Uh... So in 2004, there were 125 million, this is an interesting, interesting statistic that I determined, based on these numbers, which these numbers are, um, uh, these are official numbers, okay? I'm not, I'm not using, these aren't just ones I saw somewhere. Um, this is from statistics from abortiontv.com. And it says in 2004, and I, I made this, little statistic up, because I just did a little math, is all I did. 2004, there were 125 million births worldwide. Okay, so, 
2,425 million people were born worldwide. So, if we know that 46 million abortions occurred, 36.8% of all pregnancies are annually terminated through abortion worldwide. That would make the womb the most dangerous place on earth. Over well, over 36% of all conceptions worldwide are aborted. That's over one-third of all people that were planned to be born or conceived. They're snuffed out. Their lives are sh snuffed out before they ever get out of the womb. It's a lot of innocent blood crying out from the land. And not only that, if you had listened to our teaching on contraception, that's a whole other monkey wrench in the mix. Because contraception, many times, also induces abortions. Or, you know, aside, as the one man said. Um, now, if we go to even other uh, official statistics, it's this is from the www. John Stone Archive. J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N archive.net This is from Section 8 of the Global Abortion Summary. He cites, from 1920 to 2005, 749 million abortions with approximately, but they actually estimate it to be at least 1 billion. So remember what I said before, the early 1900s? From 1920 to 2005, they've estimated a billion abortions worldwide. A billion. There's only 6.5 6 on the planet. And not only that, if we would count the contraception things that I had mentioned earlier, we could probably easily double that. I'm just telling you, <laughs> it's wonder the Lord hasn't, you know, judged us sooner. This is why it's so important for us to be in prayer about these things. I'm not just saying all this to, to get some big grim picture. In prayer, we have power to change things. Margaret Sanger. Let's talk about her. Founder of Planned Parenthood. Margaret Sanger. This is the, this is the lovely organization my mother gives money to. It's perhaps the best 20th century example of the destructive power of the spiritual deception found in occult religion. See, everything about abortion in this country is totally steeped in witchcraft. And, I, you know, people could say, they listen to me a lot, and I talk a lot about witchcraft and all this other stuff. I'm trying to get you to understand that this is where our battle really is. Our battle is with witchcraft. This witchcraft spirit that has pervaded humanity, that is going to be the one world religion, that, they, that you know, the Antichrist is going to be adept at it. We need to get this in our head that this is real. And fight against it in prayer, on our knees. Margaret Sanger, founder of the Planned Parenthood, is perhaps the best 20th century example of the destructive power of spiritual deception found in occult religion. That she was wallowing in deception can be seen in a quote from a book written by an admirer. Quote, she had tried to dispel depression by sex, travel, Rosicrucianism, which is a cult, numerology, now she tried a new panacea, astrology. All these things are forbidden in the Bible. Okay, so she was, she had this problem with depression, so she tried sex, she tried travel, she tried 
Rosicrucianism. She tried numerology. She tried she tried astrology. So she tried basically every thing she could do from a witchcraft and worldly standpoint to dispel her depression. Sanger was a confirmed adulteress who con consistently and publicly supported a quote women's right to destroy. It wasn't a woman's right to her own body. This is a quote a woman's right to destroy. It's a little more honest, if you think about it, that assessment. Woman's right to destroy. I, w I wish that we could strip off all of the, of the nice, fluffy veneers that abortion people use. Like, you know, um, pro-choice, and all these other things. Anti, see, it's always anti-abortion and pro-choice. You know, all these connotations and stuff. But really what it is, is it's a woman's right to kill. That's what, if we really want to boil it down. No, let's go further. A woman's right to slaughter. Let's go even further. A woman's right to slaughter their own flesh and blood. Wouldn't that be a more accurate description? I mean, if they held up billboard signs, I support my right to slaughter my own flesh and blood. And don't you tell me what I can do with my body. Oh, isn't that nice? Many times, a lot of these so-called women are lesbians. The ones that really, um, uh, the ones that are butch and look like men with, with the short, they're, they're the ones that really, i be honest, very hard for me to, to not get in the flesh. Something about them that is so repulsive to me, and I pray to God their souls be saved. I really do. But the absolute, total depravity, unsubmissiveness, debauchery, the fact that they that these women go around and act like they can whip most men, they probably could. It's the sad part about it. Which is, is lily-livered and, and, you know... But these women go around and, and man, you talk about an attitude. Whew! Walking attitudes... So, uh, this Margaret Sanger, she always supported a woman's right to destroy. Now remember, she's the founder of Planned Parenthood, the main organization that has brought abortion to this country. This is the foundation again. We looked at the Celtic religion and the Druids and how they were steeped in child sacrifice. Why should this, why should this you know, be any surprise that it's yoked up with witchcraft that the ultimate goal is child sacrifice. It's just under the done, done under the veneer of a protected um, organization that has its own corporate corporate status. I wonder if it has a 501c3 status. It probably does. You could probably give to this organization, write it off on your taxes. Isn't that nice? You talk about blood money. Man, you better be careful where you're putting your money. Because if you're sowing it into stuff like this, you're going to be responsible. Now, most people, obviously, as a Christian, wouldn't do that. But I'm saying that ministries included. So if we go further, she became deeply involved with Haviok Ellis, a modern-day false prophet who advocated a variety of bizarre sexual practices, supposing them to be the keys to spiritual enlightenment and power. This is what happens to most people that get highly involved in the occult, including Aleister Crowley. They get into what they call advanced sex magic. In yoga, it's called tantric yoga. Sex yoga. Okay? And they get involved in all these... Because that's where Satan brings them. He's going to require this of them. 
in order to attain higher levels in the occult, they've got to get into all this junk. Why? What, what is the ultimate goal? Satan's trying to defile you and implant as many devils and demons in you so that you're so demonically possessed of the toenails, you can't even think straight. And you'll do his bidding no matter what. So, for Margaret Sanger and her militantly, even religiously promiscuous lifestyle, abortion became a necessary backup for contraception failure. So see, she wanted to have an out for her own promiscuous lifestyle, so she became, uh, abortion became a uh, backup for her. Which is what happens with most women that do this on a habitual basis. Some women get abortions like, you know, they, you know, it's, it's just a monthly occurrence sometimes, or, or, or by month or whatever, you know. So if we go further, she got involved with this man that um, was into all this terrible stuff. For Margaret Sanger and her militantly, even religiously promiscuous lifestyle, abortion became a necessary backup for her contraception failures. The legacy of Planned Parenthood becomes even more ominous when we note the admiration of Sanger that Margaret Sanger had for Adolf Hitler and his eugenics policies of Nazi Germany. She became convinced that the inferior races were, in fact, human weeds and a menace to civilization. Isn't that interesting how the Bible describes the wheat and the tares and that they're supposed to grow up together and at the end, in the harvest, the wheat will be harvested and the tares will be bundled and thrown into the furnace. She's actually, would call somebody like us, one of the weeds. The Bible says, one of them they call evil good and good evil that put sweet for bitter and bitter for sweet and light for darkness and darkness for light. And Isaiah, so... She's doing that very thing. When you're pro-abortion, that's what you're doing. You're calling evil good and good evil. It's the ultimate hypocrisy. But she had this great admiration for Adolf Hitler. It's, you know, she probably had an 8x10 glossy of him on her, on her, on her wall, I guess. And um, she yearned for the end of the day of what she termed the Christian reign of benevolence toward the unfit. Whereas the Bible tells us to have mercy on the poor and on, you know, the widows and the orphans, Margaret Sanger, or, or maybe who they would term as socially unfit, Margaret Sanger would say, kill them. Oh, she hated, well, we're going to get into how she hated blacks. At first, Sanger's efforts were not directly so overtly racist. Well, neither was Hitler's. <laughs> neither was any dictator. They don't start out, that, Satan never starts out full bore. He, he does it. Low-key at the beginning, and then he gets starts to show his true colors more and more as you let him. So he gets more of a foothold. At first, Sanger's efforts were not directly so overtly racist, but she focused on the mentally retarded and those with hereditary diseases. She sought to encourage only the fit to have large families. The fit, as it turned out, were the upper-class, highly intelligent whites. Well, that's exactly what Hitler did. Particularly through the SS. He had... Um, these programs where they would have the top Nazi SS, and they had all had to be physically inspected, all the SS troops. They couldn't have a blemish. They had to be had to meet a minimum height requirement of, I believe, five foot nine, five foot eight. I don't know around there. Um, they had to be prove their Nordic, um, their Aryan. They had to be able to trace their Aryan lineage back to, I believe, the 1700s. And then what would happen is, is they would be signed wives, essentially. They would have arranged marriages, and they would also incur the SS men to actually have kids outside of that marriage. 
and they had these big birthing homes. I've seen pictures of it, and it would show these big homes, and there was babies, newborn babies from one end to the other, all these little babies, and they were taken from the mother, and they were raised in these in these big birthing homes, and then at some point they were assigned to a particular Nazi family, and they would raise them. This is how Hitler was going to bring about the Fourth Reich. Was it fourth or third? Fourth? Yeah, th- yeah, Third Reich. Um, the the Nordic Aryan root race, which he believed would ultimately evolve into a godlike race, the Aryan man, the Aryan. Margaret Sanger. This is who she followed, okay. And a lot of this is also justified through Darwinism evolution, because with evolution, if we ultimately evolve from a rock then it's no big deal in interfering or, or, or killing these other races because we all evolved from a rock anyway. Who cares? Let's get rid of the, the inferiors so us pure Aryan whites can live and not have to deal with these other inferior races like the Jews and the blacks and these types of people. That's why they were exterminated. That's why Hitler could have no problem exterminating 6 million Jews and 12 million of other races because it was part of their religion. It's the evolution is a religion. And Hitler was heavily involved in Darwinism. That's why Darwinism is so incredibly dangerous. And, really, flat out stupid. Because, if you think we evolved from a rock, that's pretty pretty much a big stretch. It takes a lot more faith to believe we evolved from a rock. Now, where do I get that? Because, the bio, because they believe billions of years ago the rains rained on the rocks that were formed from the Big Bang, of course, where the Big Bang come from. And the rain rains on the rocks, and out of the out of the uh, out of this raining process, formed a primordial soup. And out of the primordial soup, probably a lightning bolt hit and formed some kind of two-cell amoeba. And that amoeba eventually ended up converting into an amphibian, which came upon dry land, turned into maybe a whatever. Ultimately, ended up forming a monkey, and then we we kind of came here through the monkeys. I watched this clip the other night on a show that was showing how we're being conditioned to accept uh, UFOs and the uh, the aliens and stuff. And in this show, and I think it was called Mission to Mars, they showed these people, and it showed this alien. And it was like, a kind of like a gray alien, but it was it was a different color. And, and the gray alien had this really benevolent face. It was a female face, too. It was, it was distinctly female. But it wasn't human. And this alien wasn't talking, he was just conveying all these thoughts and showing these, these four astronauts all this stuff. And you know what it did? It said, it showed how when the Earth was first formed, and guess what it took you through all the evolution, it took you through the primordial soup with the two-celled amoeba, and how the aliens were the guys that got here first that made it all happen. And how, the, the, then, it, then it showed the two-cell amoeba turning into a fish, and then a fish finally getting legs. And, and he, was, he went up on land, and it showed all these other fishes getting up on land, and then they turned into crocodiles. And then it made the leap to go to a bunch of cattle running in the field, and these guys then were chasing the cattle with spears, like the primitive cavemen. Well, where did it, you know, that doesn't even explain the link between how the crocodile got to the human. <laughs> it was, but... I thought, oh man, what a subtle devil way to do it. I mean, it was, it was, if you didn't know any better, you know, it looked halfway, it doesn't look convincing to me, but I'm saying if you didn't know any better, 
But the aliens were showing these four astronauts that we were your benevolent creators. And that's, let me tell you something, all these people that get abducted on these alien ships or whatever, every single time the message is always totally against Jesus Christ. Why, why, do, these, why do these aliens that abduct all these people... And, and uh, there's millions that have said they've been abducted. Millions or had experiences. You're telling me they're all nuts? Every single one of them? Why does it always happen that the message that these supposed benevolent creatures, of course, most of the time they're not benevolent, they're nasty. But some of the times they appear as benevolent. Why is the message always against particularly the Bible? The Lord Jesus Christ? Why is it never against Hinduism or Buddhism or Muslims? Why aren't the aliens... No, no, it's always against Christ... And it's always a message of new age. You're going to evolve into a higher... We are your actual creators. They're taking credit for, for creating us. And we're going to have to come back to, to, to straighten out this big science project that we started way back then in the primordial soup. After the Big Bang. We're going to have to come back and straighten this out because you guys have made a mess of things. We didn't, we didn't supervise our kids good enough is essentially what they're saying. Do you realize this is what intelligent design teaches at its core roots? If you don't believe me, listen to my, my teaching on intelligent design. Intelligent design is um, based out of deism. It's also based out of the fact that the aliens who were supposedly um, the ancient astronauts came and seeded this planet in such a way where we evolved into these humans. And they were our creators and they're going to have to come back. How is the church going to explain... When this stuff starts going down. Because it's only a matter of time. We haven't been conditioned from Hollywood and all the other sources on these aliens for no reason. Satan always has an agenda with whatever he does. So trust me, you haven't heard the last of the alien thing. And that's why I've done several teachings on it. To prepare you so you can give an answer for the hope that is within you. The hope of glory. And also you can give an answer from a biblical standpoint to explain what this all means. Because the churches aren't doing it. So, if we go further... She idolized Adolf Hitler. Um, <clears throat> Sanger's positive plan of eugenics. Eugenics is just a nice way of basically culling the population in order to get rid of the undesirables. That's what eugenics is, and that's what Hitler did. And, and what it does always starts out with the, with the infirmed and the retarded and maybe the alcoholics or whoever they deem has to go, and then it always gets more aggressive. You know, you give Satan any kind of foothold, and he's going to... He's going to take more than, more and more and more. So, her, quote, positive plan of eugenics, or plan for peace, it always has peace attached to it. Like the hippies wanted the peace, and the, and the witches are just about peace. What a lie from the pit of hell. I don't think it's real peaceful for the people that are being slaughtered, or the babies that are being slaughtered in the womb. I'd say that's pretty much diametrically opposed to peace. Oh, but we don't want to talk about that. So... Her plan for peace was to encourage who she saw as mentally, morally, and physically fit to marry and reproduce. Uh, there's a little misspelling here. To the end of racial improvement, if not perfection. So, she, whoever she saw as mentally or morally or physically fit, she, she wanted them to marry and reproduce. To the end of racial improvement, if not perfection, which is what which is exactly what Hitler was after. I've watched enough documentaries on that guy to know that's what he was after, this Aryan, Nordic, godlike brotherhood that would rule the world. 
believe you refer to it ultimately as the fifth root race. I've also seen these aliens refer to the coming humans that will accept this plan of Antichrist as the fifth root race. So you get a lot of confirmation on this, you know, in, in other ways. <clears throat> the best quote, <clears throat> this is from her newsletter, The Birth Control Review, December 1924. The best stocks, now when you talk about stocks, you're talking about the stock of, like, um, like you think of cattle. Well, this is a good stock of cattle. This is good breeding stock. So that's what she's referring to here, breeding stock. The best stocks must be encouraged to marry and reproduce. For as far as the future welfare of the society is concerned, nothing equal, nothing can equal the importance of eugenic marriages. And this is coming from a total reprobate, adultery woman that didn't have, you know, any moral fiber whatsoever. But yet she, she deems herself to be able to make these kind of assertions. Sanger advocated, among other measures, a license for the mother to have babies and permits to become parents. What about a license to, to kill your baby? What, she, that was okay. You didn't have to have a license for that. You could kill your baby. But you had to have a license to, to have a kid. In 1939, however, Sanger began what she termed as the Negro Demonstration Project, which was a plan to win the trust and the support of blacks in several key southern states in a campaign to introduce birth control into the black population. This is why, the, when I go to the abortion clinics, what is the ultimate fruit of all this? Where did all this start? With Mar Margaret Sanger back in 1939 in her... Negro Demonstration Project, the fruit of it still manifesting today because the majority of people going in that abortion clinic were blacks. At least the one I was at. This was all by design. A plan to win the trust and the support of blacks in several key southern states to campaign to introduce birth control into black population. Part of Sanger's strategy was to enlist black doctors and ministers Christian, supposedly Christian ministers, who would enthusiastically support her eugenics policy and act as liaisons between Planned Parenthood and the Federation, the Planned Parenthood Federation and black communities. Can you imagine what a twisted, corrupt, perverse marriage that was? Between ministers, Planned Parenthood, and the black communities. That is unbelievable. At one point in her letter, she worries that the more sinister intentions might be discerned in her demonstration project. And from that letter we read, We do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of those more rebellious members. Talk about the devil indicting herself. Is that unbelievable? She, 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 yes, she wants to exterminate the, the Negro population. There's no doubt about that. That's the whole. That's the whole thing with eugenics. Okay, she was more concentrated on the Negro, whereas Hitler was more concentrated on the Jew. That's the only difference between the two. You know what? If you think about it, you we all, we would never want to put Margaret Sanger on on the same level as 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 evil as Hitler. But who has ultimately killed more people? I guarantee you, what, with Margaret Sanger's efforts, way more many innocent babies ever died than Hitler ever hoped to massacre. 
the fruit of, of what she did has been much more long remaining than what Hitler ever did. Just thought of that. But she was worried about this, that, that they would catch on. She says, we don't want, you know, we don't, we don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate Negro population. She's, she's not saying that they're not wanting. She says, we don't want the word to go out. Because Satan likes to work under the cover of darkness. And so, and the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea. What, what kind of Bible is he reading from? Can you imagine? But, I mean, I think they're, what, as bad as Margaret Sanger is, I think that God would view, whether he's a black minister or a white minister, anyone that would go along with this. And there's ministers this day that go along with this. Liberal ones and these types of things. Can you imagine the punishment in hell? So they actually were using these ministers to straighten this whole thing out. The Negro Project was successful. Soon Planned Parenthood's birth control clinics were distributing contraceptives to blacks. Contraceptives, remember what I said before. Many contraceptives work through actually aborting the infant in the womb once conception's already occurred. <clears throat> since, uh, so since... Uh, the legalized uh, abortion in America, the long-range results of Sanger's demonstration project have been even more debilitating to black Americans. According to Health and Human Services reports, 43% of all abortions are performed on blacks. Well, that will confirm what I saw that many times have been the abortion clinic. The sterilization rate among blacks is 45% higher than those among whites. In most black communities, abortions outnumber live births 3 to 1. Now, worldwide... On average, worldwide on average, it's, it, the statistic is one, one abortion for one woman worldwide, statistically speaking. And we know that over 36% every year are aborted overtly. So that's more than a third of the whole population. But in blacks, the, the aborticides outnumber live births three to one. The overall effect has been actual decrease in the black population in the United States. Now, does it ever look like sometimes that when you when you look at the black population, they're living under kind of a curse? I'm not being prejudiced here. I'm just saying. Doesn't there seem to be a lot of problems there? Well, maybe. And I'm not saying the whites not too. But I'm saying, statistically speaking, they're doing this more. Don't you think that's going to affect you as a nation and as a race? Now, if it was the whites, I'd be saying the same thing about them. So I'm not being prejudiced. Because if the whites were, were guilty of this figure, then I would be saying the same thing about them. Okay? So, just an interesting thing. The overall effect has been decreased in the black population in the United States from 12% in 1973 to 8%. By the 1990s, recently thousands of documents have been made available to public through the collections of Margaret Sanger, never before published writings. One of the most shocking pieces is this correspondence between one of Sanger's board members, Dr. Charles Dwight, Charles Dight, and her fellow eugenist, Adolf Hitler. Okay, so this was, this was a piece of correspondence between one of Margaret Sanger's board members and Adolf Hitler. Dated August 1st, 1933, to Chancellor Adolf Hitler, Berlin, Germany. Honorable Chancellor, I enclose a clipping from Minneapolis Journal of Minnesota, United States of America, relating to and praising your plan to stamp out mental inferiority among the German people. I trust you will accept my sincere wish that your efforts along that line will be a great success and will advance the eugenics movement in other nations as well as Germany. Sincerely, C.F. Dite, 
president of the Minnesota Eugenics Society. Planned Parenthood shared the agenda of Adolf Hitler. Need we say anything more? Modern feminism. Let's talk about that. A modern recent example of the spiritual deception that so often leads to trampling of the sanctity of human life can be found in a newsletter published by the National Abortion Federation. It provides an account of the 1985 National Convention of this National Abortion. One of the speakers was Carter Hayward, an ordained Episcopal priest who has been active for many years in the feminist movement. This quote was taken from her address. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Carter. I, it sounds like a guy's name. But she's a ordained Episcopal priest. Boy, that's biblical. I mean, a woman being ordained as a biblical... I mean, you know, that's right down the line in the Bible. So this is a quote from her address. Quote, and this is from this ordained Episcopal priest. If women were in charge, abortion would be a sacrament. An occasion of deep and serious and sacral me sacred meaning. End of quote. This is from an Episcopal woman priest that supposedly would probably call herself a Christian. Can you... I mean, that's more blatant than anything I read from the witches. Just about. At least the witches were basically saying, the ones that admitted to it, that it was a sacrament, it was, it was the god of Artemis and these... But she's saying, no, no, if women were in charge, abortion would be a sacrament... And then she goes on further to say, an occasion of deep, serious, and sacred meaning. This, this supposed Episcopal priest woman most likely is nothing more than a closet witch anyway. Because many people that are involved in the occult, particularly in witch covens, are assigned different churches to infiltrate, are assigned, particularly churches where there's actually soul winning being done from what I've seen, or other apostate churches where they can go and blend it and melt and bring their paganism and bring their curses and these types of things into the churches. See, they take their religion very seriously. They infiltrate. They do whatever. But we don't, we don't think along those lines. So, but they're there. There's plants everywhere in churches. And people don't even know it. That an ordained leader of a church that supposedly represents Jesus to the world could describe child sacrifice as a sacrament or a holy rite of church, holy rite of the church, without facing excommunication is a staggering illustration of the collective deception we are facing as a nation. You would have thought the Episcop the, the Wiscopalians, as one of the uh, preachers I used to know, termed them as, you would have thought that they would have excommunicated this woman priest. No. No. She was probably commended. Several other examples are found in December of 1985 issue of Miss Magazine, the undisputed leader of feminist publications. This particular issue was completely dedicated to exploring the new emerging spirituality in modern feminism. Much space was given to goddess worship, or the adulteration of various demons associated with child sacrifice, including Isis and Aphrodite. Those are two I didn't even include. The central article in this Miss Miss Magazine is filled with testimonies showing the gross deception that has already taken place in much of our nation among men and women alike. The feminist, quote, this is from the magazine, the feminist, this is quote, the feminist spirituality movement began to emerge in the mid-1970s and has become one of the largest sub-movements within feminism. It's amorphous, blending in surprisingly smooth amalgam to radical feminism, pacifism, witchcraft, Eastern mysticism, goddess worship, animism, psychic healing, and a variety of practices normally associated with, quote, fortune-telling. They're openly admitting 
that this feminism is absolutely and totally interwoven in all these other witchcraft practices, which is it, which it is. There's nothing in the Bible that would condone women coming up and in 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 ruling over men and, and if women were in charge and all this other stuff. It's it's against the Bible, totally against it. It exists. Then it goes on to say in this quote, it, it exists nationwide, this feminism, and takes the form of large, day-long workshops, small meditation groups, and even covens that meet to work spells and do rituals under the full moon. It's, it's admitting right here that feminism is basically nothing more than repackaged witchcraft. Some, it's not even repackaged, it's overt. They, they meet to do spells and rituals under full moons, but to the woman... In feminist spirituality, witchcraft had even more fundamental meaning. It is a woman's religion, vilified by patriarchal Christianity. See, patriarchal, oh, the man's bad. Vilified by patriarchal Christianity, and now finally reclaimed. In that movie, The Wicker Man, the the new one, and I'm not saying go out and watch this, but I'm saying from the clips that I saw, Nicolas Cage goes on this island, and in this Wicker Man, he ends up getting burned in the end, in this ritualistic Celtic ceremony that, that, that I get into on the uh, Halloween seminar. But the men on this island were all portrayed as these spineless little wimps that wouldn't dare open their mouths. They, they've hardly said two things at all. In any of the clips I saw, they were just like these, these almost idiots that were walking around and doing whatever the women said for them to do. They were like useless idiots. The only reason they were there was to do the hard labor and for breeding purposes. That was it. It's a pretty accurate description of the end of hardcore feminism, if you think about it. I'm not, and this isn't against women, I'm just saying that that whatever is anti-biblical, don't you think Satan's going to inspire people to do that? So, but to the women, in a feminist spirituality, witchcraft had even more fundamental meaning. It is now a woman's, it is now a woman's religion. So feminism is a woman's religion, vilified by patriarchal Christianity, and now finally reclaimed. Lori Cabot, in quote, The Power of the Witch, this book, concurs with the rise of the feminist activism within the Wiccan covens that worship the goddess Diana. In Dianic covens, great emphasis is placed on the goddess. Remember God, Diana, the goddess of the Ephesians, in Acts? Remember that? Well, it's still real today essentially been repackaged by the Catholic Church into Mary worship. Okay? Nothing nothing different. It's not Mary the Bible, that's for sure. Because Mary the Bible would never tell you to worship me and come through me, and that the only way you're going to get saved is through me, because I am co-redemptrix. That's what their Catholic Church is claiming now, which is a lie from the pit of hell. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's exactly what the Bible says. Not two. You don't got to go through Mary. That's an abomination. So in Diana Covens, great emphasis is placed on goddess and the role of the priestess. Covens and organizations are matrifocal, meaning they focus on the feminine aspect and the females, and center around women's issues. The current women's movement has inspired much of the political activism that some Covens engage in, which is radical feminism, including lesbianism, has found its place into Diana Covens. Well, why not? This represents just the tip of the iceberg and we, as we are witnessing on the explosion of books and magazines on how-to manuals, artwork, and inevitable paraphernalia that accompanies the development of any organized religion. Today we have given the demons of human sacrifice new names. Career, convenience, money, lust, and self. 
But beyond this, we have come full circle. Today's rationalism has given way to the new feminist spirituality that honors these same demons, actually called them by the proper biblical and historical names. Is it just a coincidence that the hottest sub-movement within the feminist movement that began to emerge just after Roe versus Wade decision is goddess worship? One of the primary deities that is worshipped is Aphrodite, the goddess of child sacrifice. Well, there's a lot of, like I said, gods and goddesses of child sacrifice. So, if this next part, let me just see how much we have to go here. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop here, and, and uh, we'll go to part three.